Well, as you can see, the beginning of this sermon series is exciting for us here at Westside Church because we are convinced that no matter what the enemy throws at us, and he's throwing a lot these days, no matter what challenges we go through, we need to live in the reality that we are blessed. And we're going to look today at a very beautiful letter written by Paul to the Ephesians. And we're going to be reminded of some basic important truths of who we are if we've given our lives to Jesus. And that's an important conditional question. If we're in Christ, then we can be assured that we are truly, truly blessed, not just in this life, but in the life to come. Now, the letter to the Ephesians is actually considered by many commentators to be Paul's premium, premium letter that he, he has left for us, the highest legacy that he has given to Christendom, because like the book of Romans, it's not written to address a certain particular church's problems, but rather Paul lays out in this letter some of the basic Christian doctrines and the important truths that you and I can hold on to, especially in the messy world that we live in. But Paul seems to be so enthusiastic to share these important blessings with us that verses 3 through 14 in the original language, Greek, that Paul is writing, is one long sentence with no punctuation. And, and so for us, in order, in order for us to be able to read it together today, which I'm going to ask us to do, we had to find an easier translation. So we're looking today using the New International Reader's Version so that there's some punctuation. But I, I'm hoping that we can all read it, the women and then the men together. If you're able and willing, I'm going to invite us to please stand for the reading of God's Word today. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, we'll be looking at verses 3 through 10. And we'll have the women start for us, and I believe it will come up for us in just a minute. It will. We have faith. We know that it will. Yes, of course it will. Okay, there we go. All right, wonderful. Okay, women, we're going to start. Give praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. These blessings come from the heavenly world. They belong to us because we belong to Christ. Okay, men. God chose us to belong to Christ before the world was created. He chose us to be holy and blameless in his eyes. He loved us, so he decided long ago to adopt us. Women. He adopted us as his children with all. Jesus Christ has done. God to do it. Men, all those things bring praise to his glorious grace. God freely gave us his grace because of the one he loves. We have been set free because of what Christ has done. Because he bled and died for our sins. We have been not free because God's grace is so he poured his grace on us by giving us great wisdom and understanding. He showed us the mystery of his plan. It was Christ. It will all come about when history has been completed. God will bring together 
Amen. Please enjoy a seat. You may be seated. Lord God, we thank you for these beautiful words of blessing, the good things that you have in store for your people. And now we ask in your mercy and in your grace, you would take these words and make them come alive in each and every person's life here in the room and listening online. We thank you that we can look into your word together today. In Jesus' strong name we pray. Amen. 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 So, of course, when we think about being blessed today, we're thinking about the spiritual blessings that God has for us that never change. But before I start, I just wanted to ask all of us, and you don't have to answer out loud, how blessed are you feeling today at this moment? And I'm sure in a room this size, that some of you are indeed feeling very blessed and very grateful. And praise God for those wonderful seasons in life when everything seems to go beautifully. But unfortunately, we know life and there's ups and downs. And all of us at times face very challenging times of sorrow and heartache and trial. Even Jesus, our Savior, of course, faced the greatest sorrow and suffering. And we, his followers, are called to do the same. But the challenge for us, if we are in Christ, is to remember that even in those dark, horrible seasons, even when I give in to self-pity, and I do at times, even when I get hopeless and I doubt God's promises, or I get impatient with the good things that he has planned, our challenge is to keep our eyes on what God tells us, what is true in God's word. And that's why it's so important that we gather together regularly like this to look into God's word. And we can't just do it once a week on Sundays. We need to be looking into God's word regularly at home, in our Bible studies together, in our devotions. We are blessed today with so much great Christian content online, Christian teaching, podcasts, music. But Westside friends, we need these truths, I believe now more than ever, as the darkness seems to be growing. And we need to know our identity in Christ. And so to help us today, I have an outline in your bulletin if you want to use that. Not everybody likes that, but feel free to go ahead and fill in the blanks. And the first blessing that the Apostle Paul wants to remind us of today is the blessing that we are chosen by God to be holy and blameless. We've been handpicked by our creator because of Jesus to be washed clean. So think about that blessing. Unlike people apart from Jesus, we don't have to walk around burdened with guilt and shame and regret. Because of Jesus, if we're in Christ, when God looks at you and when God looks at me, He sees us through the righteousness of Jesus. It's as if we never sinned. That is amazing. God loves and accepts me just as I am. That is good news that we Christians know and the world needs to hear. We have been chosen by God. That's the first blessing. Second blessing that we're going to remember today as we look at the book of Ephesians Paul tells us 
that we have been adopted by God because he loves us. And now we are heirs with Jesus, and we can look forward to a rich inheritance that's better than any inheritance we could ever experience in this world. Some of you may know that my husband is adopted, and of course we adopted our youngest girl, Hannah, and my husband often comments that there's no such thing as accidental adoptions, right? Adopting kids requires lots of paperwork and classes and background checks and references and visits by social workers in your home, but that's how it should be to protect the children. But when a child is adopted, he or she can know that they are deeply wanted, that they have been planned for and dreamed about, and they can be sure that they are loved and valued in their family. But all that effort is just a teeny tiny drop in the ocean of the effort that God put out to adopt you and I when Jesus went to the cross, right? He didn't just write his name on notarized, didn't just write our names on notarized paperwork, he wrote our name, scripture says, on the palm of his, of his hands, hands that were pierced for you and I for our transgressions. And now because we're in God's family, Paul tells us that we are heirs. That means that there's a huge bunch of stuff, treasure, glorious beauty waiting for us in heaven one day with Jesus. Scripture says we can't even imagine what God has prepared for those of us who are in Christ. That leads us to our third blessing today. You can write down on point number three. Our third blessing is that we know the mystery of God's final plan for our lives and for the world. Verses 8 through 10 tell us that God has let us in on the inside scoop. We've been blessed to know how this world is going to wrap up. Paul writes, heaven and earth will become one. Jesus will dwell with us, and if we've surrendered our lives to him, we will live back in perfect intimacy and communion with him like God always intended for us to be. He always wanted us to enjoy that beautiful, accepted relationship with him until sin and our disobedience destroyed that. So in Christ, we don't have to fear death because we know it's just a gateway to the real truth of reality that we can't even dream about this side of heaven. And we, we don't have to extract from this life all the goodies and the benefits and the, and the blessings that this world has to offer because there's so much more greater things waiting for us one day when we're with Jesus face to face. For instance... My husband, if you know him, loves cars. He's always pointing out cars. And, and he loves especially Lamborghinis. But he knows that on this side of heaven, he's never going to own a Lamborghini. And he's okay with that because, well, he's mostly okay with that. I, I, I got to be honest. <laughs> he might be listening. He's mostly okay with that because he knows that in heaven one day, God has more wonderful things for him to experience than a Lamborghini on this broken, sin-tainted planet. And, and I personally love, love getting outside and enjoying God's beauty. But I know 
this side of heaven, I'm, I'm never going to get to experience all the great cruises and all the global trips uh, all around the world. But the, I'm perfectly okay with that because I'm convinced that God has all of eternity to show me all sorts of beauty, which will make the most beautiful scene here on earth just pale in comparison. The book of Revelation is always our go-to passage when we're thinking about the beauty of heaven. So let me read that for us again this morning. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Praise God. What an eternity we have to look forward to, right? Amen. Amen. And we as God's people are blessed to know these three truths. We are chosen to be forgiven. We are adopted and loved and valued. And we know the end of the story. But as we will read, scripture is full of this admonition. That we are not just blessed to be enjoyable and comfortable and not to worry about those who are apart from Christ. We're not just to sit back and enjoy these blessings and not care about those who are living outside of those blessings. No, God's people have always been called, starting with Abraham in the book of Genesis, to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And so, as we think about the next part of our message today... With great blessing comes great responsibility. We are called to be a blessing in whatever corner of the world we find ourselves. God says this, or Jesus rather, says this in Luke 12. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Ever since Adam and Eve first turned away from God, God has had a rescue plan to get humans back into an intimate relationship with him. And that meant sacrifice and serving. That meant Jesus, the Lamb of God, coming to be among us so that we could be reunited with our Heavenly Father in the best relationship possible. But Jesus himself demonstrated that he has come to be a servant. Remember what he did right before he went to the cross. He knelt down before his disciples with a wash basin and a washcloth and washed his disciples' dirty, stinky feet. The job of a slave. And then he said, we are to go and do the same, to serve and love one another. Jesus' example and his command, what he modeled to us, is that we are to be salt and light, sharing his love with those who don't yet know him, that is our commission. That is our purpose. That is our plan. It's, it's much bigger than us and just our own little lives. What does Jesus say on the Sermon of the Mount? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father 
in heaven. As followers of Jesus, we're to be a blessing and make this world saltier and, and tastier and better. Life should be richer and more satisfying when Christ's followers are in the mix. Well-known author and pastor Rick Warren says it this way. One of the main purposes of life is to grow up and realize it's not all about you. In fact, real happiness comes from giving your life away, being unselfish, serving, and loving. This is called maturity. Why doesn't God just take us right now to heaven where it's so beautiful and perfect? Why can't we just be there right this instant? Why are we stuck on this sin-stained planet? Well, because there's work to do. There's people who don't yet know him. They're living outside of all of his blessings. And God has chosen us to be a blessing, to share that good news in word and in deed. Dear friends, we were not made by God and chosen by God to simply find a job and make money and and retire and die, um, we are made for much more than that. God has a great, much bigger purpose for us than that. And that is to be part of his plan to reach all people so that all can know the love and the forgiveness and the grace and the hope that Jesus offers. So it doesn't have to be a big stressful thing. It can just be authentically part of how we live in our daily lives, at the grocery store, at the office, in our neighborhoods, at school, with our friends. We can just let the hope of Jesus bubble up in our, in our normal daily conversation. We can just share how we don't have to have shame and guilt and how we have a constant companion in the ups and downs in life. We can name the name of Jesus because people desperately need to hear it. The world is definitely getting darker. And I know, if you're like me, there are times when I feel so inadequate and so limited. But God specializes all through scripture with taking us limited, sinful, fallen people and using us to be a blessing. That's the amazing grace that's in Christ. We don't have to have it perfectly down. We just need to be ourselves. So that's the next point in our outline if you're following along. When we bless others, we are a blessing. How many times have you stepped out in faith thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bless or encourage someone else. And then you yourself end up being the one who's encouraged. It happens to me quite often. I think, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to do something for someone. And then I'm the one who's blessed. And that's how Jesus designed it. Jesus himself is a giver. And he made us in his image. We have his DNA. So we're, we're made to operate best and to have the most satisfaction and the most joy in life when we step out and we're used by God to be a blessing. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that sometimes it's not difficult. It doesn't mean that sometimes it's not challenging. But because we have the perspective of the best life that's still to come, we can be more motivated to give and to sacrifice because we know we don't have to get it all in this life. But the way God made us, if you really want to pursue joy, 
is to be a blessing. And even social scientists have found this to be true when they study hum human beings. There's lots of reasons that they have found, apart from Jesus, when helping other people is actually good for us. Let me just share a few. There's actually been shown to be a feel-good effect in our brains when we help other people. It improves our mood, it boosts our self-esteem and our self-identity. Secondly, it builds relationships and improves the relationships we have. We feel more connected when we're helping other people. We're even healthier when we're helping other people. It lowers our, our stress and our blood pressure and people who regularly practice helping others actually live longer. You knew that, right? <laughs> helping others makes us feel more grateful because it puts our own problems into perspective. And we, we don't do it for this reason, but another benefit is when we help others, we're more likely to receive help when we ourselves are going through a rough patch, right? And finally, as Jesus has taught us, helping and blessing others gives us greater purpose and meaning in our lives. James, the book of James tells us that all good things that we have in this life are God's gifts to us, right? And then what we do with those things is our gift to God. How are we using our gifts and our talents and our resources to bless others? The Bible tells us that all of us will one day face the Lord, not if we're in Christ with judgment because Jesus has already paid the punishment. There's no condemnation for any who are in Christ, let me be clear. But the Bible says we all will give account for how we've used our words and our time and our gifts as we, as we read at places like the parable of the talents and Matthew 12, 36. And so we want to remember that there are actually basically two ways to live our lives. And if you're at point B in our outline, we can simply spend our lives on this world, on ourselves, get all the entertainment and all the goodies that I can possibly amass and I can possibly experience, or I can choose to invest my life and make an eternal difference, have an eternal significance. Because the only thing that scripture tells us that's going to last forever, not our possessions, not our houses, not even our athletic bodies, none of that's going to last. The only thing that lasts are human souls. That's why Jesus asks us in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, what good is it if someone gains the whole world but loses their soul? As followers of Christ, we truly are blessed to be a blessing, but it doesn't have to be a burden this morning. It doesn't have to be something huge like eradicating illiteracy or finding an answer to hunger or, or cancer. It can start with whatever small thing God has put right in front of you. You probably heard the well-known story of a little boy who was walking along the beach after a big storm and dozens and dozens and dozens of starfish had washed up on the beach and now in the afternoon sun they were slowly dying. And so this sweet little boy decided that he would pick up a starfish and throw it back into the ocean so it would live. And he kept doing that one by one. And then a cynical old lady came and asked him, what do you think you're doing? 
you know, what kind of difference are you really going to make? You, you can't save all of them. But the little boy looked up and said, well, I can save one. I can make a difference for this one. And, and that's really the good news, the charge that we believers have today. We can't do everything, but we can invite one person to the next church gathering. We can sponsor one child overseas so they hear the good news and have food and water and nutrition. We can take one meal to, to a shut-in or a person in need. We can cheer up one lonely person, make one phone call. We can all do something. And that's all that God is asking of us. He has wired all of us differently. We're all in different seasons of our lives. So please, let's not get trapped into that guilty, shameful feeling of comparing ourselves with one another. We just need to do our part, the part that God has given to each one of us. And then we'll make an amazing difference, like that little boy on the beach. This past Sunday, we highlighted how 50 of you invested your lives by blessing 110 kids. And it was an amazing gift to be able to point these children and their families to Jesus. And I don't think any of us regret it. That's investing your life for eternity. Then after, last, after VBS, after last Sunday, 30 more of you saints braved the heat and were out in the parking lot blessing and encouraging and feeding and playing and, and, and engaging with not just the VBS families, but the neighborhood. That is being blessed to be a blessing. In the next four weeks, we're going to hear more wonderful testimonies about our deputation team and our mission team and our trainees. Don't miss a single Sunday because we're going to be inspired and encouraged. And then on the 21st, I believe it's the 21st of August, we're going to actually go to Marcus Whitman and be a blessing on a one-service Sunday and play and engage and love and care for the Marcus Whitman community. But let me be clear, and let's remember what Jesus said, right, in Matthew 5. Let your light shine before others. Why? Why are we doing these good things? Why are we shining? This is key. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Brothers and sisters, our end goal is not simply to do good for the sake of doing good. There's lots of groups that will do things like that. But we, God's children, blessed to be a blessing, the church, we're the only ones called to do good so that we can point people to the author of good, to the creator of good. That's our job, right? There's lots of people doing other things, but our job is to continually point people to the reason for our hope and our peace and our purpose. Now, many of you are already on board and you are engaged and you're serving and you are such an inspiration to me. But if you're looking for an easy way today of how to start being a blessing, I have two simple ideas for you, very simple. I think I told you that during COVID, one of you sent me a simple postcard in the mail. And that so brightened my day, the Bible truths that one of you wrote that this still lives on my bathroom mirror because it's such an encouragement. So I thought, what if we all had postcards and we all took a minute to mail or deliver an encouraging note to someone? And so in your bulletin today, thanks to our wonderful Stephanie in the office, we have these beautiful postcards. 
And you can write it and say anything that you want that you think would be a blessing or encouragement. You don't even have to mail it. You could put it on your neighbor's front door with a plate of cookies or in the office cubicle of someone who works next to you or maybe in the bedroom of someone you live with and one of your family members. Or you could mail it to a shut-in or someone who we haven't seen in a while. I know that not everybody likes to write notes, and that's fine. Maybe you'd rather encourage someone through social media or email or Facebook. Maybe you'd rather just pick up the phone and call someone. That's great. Or, or take someone to coffee or have someone over for a meal. Those are all great ways. However God has wired us, we're called to be blessings in our world. And another super easy way that any of us can do at any time, something that my 90-year-old mom still does for me and something that many of you do to bless my family and I in our ministry, we can pray for one another. Prayer is so powerful. And Jesus modeled that. Jesus prayed and taught us to pray. And if Jesus, the Son of God, <coughs> excuse me, needed to pray, how much more do we? And so even if you're watching and listening online, you can text your prayer request to us today. We'd be honored to pray for you a little later in the service. And as I said earlier, we may not get to see all the fruits of our prayer for months or years, or maybe not until we see Jesus one day in heaven. But we know that prayer makes a difference. So we can do that for one another. And I'm thrilled that we get to receive prayer today for anything any of you would like to share or just come up and receive a blessing, it would be our honor to be able to pray for you today. It could be that you're listening today and you say, Sherry, I'm in such a bad place. I can't even think about blessing someone else. I'm, I, I just feel so far from God. I'm struggling so deeply. This just doesn't even, doesn't even register for me. But if that's the case, I am so glad that you came today and that you're honest. Jesus wants to bless you. Jesus wants to give you hope and strength. And you came to the right place. Please come forward and get, pray, get prayer or pray with me in just a minute. Jesus paid way too high a price for any of us to try to go it alone, to suffer one more second apart from his goodness and his forgiveness and his purpose and his love. Brothers and sisters, the world needs the blessings that we can give. I truly believe that the enemy knows that his days are numbered and the world is getting more and more evil. And we see it in our own lives and also in the world. So we need to be strong and courageous. We need to be loving and kind and we need to shine our light like never before to a needy world that is desperate for hope that's divided and full of hate and animosity and full of needs. We need to do whatever we can, however God has wired us, to be a blessing in our neighborhood, in our families, in our community. Just like that little boy on the beach, one starfish at a time, just whatever God puts in front of us, and he will bless our efforts. Let me pray for us.